Your story. It lives in River City. Where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel. Where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another. Where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha. Told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Today on the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Show, Carl and Nick wrap up their thoughts on the 2018 NFL Combine, including Nick's takeaways from being live at the event in Indy, standouts and letdowns from the events, and any buzz coming from the NFL event. This is the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Show. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up draft style. I'm your host, Carl Dummler, and with me as always, I have my co-host and good friend, Nick Kendall. Nick, how are you doing, man? How's it getting back from Indy? I, it's bittersweet, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like, it's an amazing experience, but it's kind of a whirlwind. You know, you have all those prospects at once, and you're trying to produce a bunch of content, and, you know, make it, make it worth the trip, and it's so many things going on at one time, and you want to tape the big prospects and get, you know, once you tape it, you have the rights to the tape. But you also want to go around and talk to all of the smaller guys as well because, I mean, you know, you never know who's going to be the one that makes it bigger, who's the guy your team is going to take. And you just you just can't do everything at once. So I did what I could, being a, a solo man there for MHH, Mile High Huddle. And uh, happy to be back, get back on the sleep track here and going to be actually going to Florida uh, this weekend visiting – the girlfriend's grandparents, probably their last time going to Florida. They're kind of a uh, snowbirds, so this might be their last trip. They're getting a little bit up there, so go, 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 travel, travel, travel. But that's that's okay with me. There you go, good man. At the Senior Bowl, I just remember how much of a whirlwind it was. Of it's it just nonstop. You, you got to be doing something at all times and talking to somebody, and it is. It's hard to to keep up with everything going on around you. You kind of want to be in about 10 different places at once, but man, it is a crazy experience. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a lot of fun to hang out with my sister and her boyfriend as well. It's uh, appreciate them for housing me for the five, six days I was there. And it's not a bad drive from Iowa city to Indianapolis. You know, it's not the most picturesque, but it's interstate. It's easy. So happy to do it. Hopefully everybody enjoyed my, the content that I put out that I put out. Gosh, I don't know. Decent amount just, of pieces. I was going to say, I was just about to mention if you, all of our listeners out there, Go to Mile High Huddle. Go look at all the different articles. Especially, there's a lot of them on the quarterback situation, and and there's a lot of inside information, things that are going on that that Nick has heard, that others in our Mile High Huddle family have heard. And as you know, we are 
one of the places that seems to, to break information, usually two, three, sometimes even a month ahead of time. So get over there to Mile High Huddle. And on that note, we want to let you know that the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Show's focus is all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos as it relates to the upcoming NFL Draft. With Nick and myself being Draftaholics, we'll be bringing you fresh insight and analysis each and every week and every single episode. From scouting reports, player value, scheme and personnel fits, and general draft-related banter. You can follow myself on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH, as well as follow Nick at Nick Kindle MHH. And make sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have because we live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod. Make sure you check out ours and our co-writers' written content at MileHighHuddle.com, a part of Scout.com, an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. We know your listeners are as football, draft, and Bronco crazy as we are, so please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners, so as a call to action, please go and take the time to go to iTunes or Spreaker to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Well, Nick, before we get to the Combine and some things that are going on, I I thought it'd be a great thing to start with. We have free agency starting, what, in a week? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's it's about a week. Legal tampering, I believe, starts the twelfth, and free agency opens up the fourteenth. So, man, things are about to go down. It's going to get crazy here for for a few weeks. So, anyway, let's start off with the free agent quarterbacks because the combine, just as much as it is about the the draft prospects, a lot of times it is the the rumor mill of teams talking to agents and players and everything else that's going on, and. There, there's a lot of talk, especially about Kirk Cousins, because he is the free agent darling. I don't know what you want to call him, the 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 treasure that everybody is trying to, to get to if they need a quarterback. And so I guess what have you heard, I guess, when it comes to the Broncos? Are they still in on Cousins? Are they the favorite, not the favorite? What are you hearing? The Broncos are going to be in on Cousins until they reach that point where they find it's not conducive for them to sign him you know like if the contract just gets way out of whack but i would say they're not the favorites right now there's some talk of the jets but i think the jets are purely a leveraging spot you know they don't have a very good team and they have a lot of cap space so if you keep saying hey the jets are offering this much you can really use them as leverage against better teams like the vikings and the broncos who are the two that i think it comes down to in the end i think the broncos feel like they are not the favorites anymore i think the Vikings have stepped forward. The Vikings have arguably as good, if not better, of a situation than the Broncos. You know, they have a better team right now, but they still are in division with Aaron Rodgers, who's the best quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. And Matt Stafford's good as well, on a good young team in the Bears. And the AFC West is not as good as the NFC North right now, let's be completely honest. And the AFC is not as good as the NFC, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens. But if you put a gun to my head right now, I would probably say that Kirk Cousins ends up on the Vikings. They have a lot of cap space. They can front load a contract and give him a short-term, heavily guaranteed deal. And there were some rumors today that they offered him, what was it, a three-year, $91 million guaranteed deal? Yep, so that guaranteed deal. Yeah, I, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's going to be a very big deal. They're, pretty much the other 31 NFL teams are going to be very upset when whenever the first team does that. Because then you're going to have every quarterback after that coming and saying, hey, I want a fully guaranteed contract. Gave it to Cousins. Why can't we get one? And so all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers, when there's talk of him getting a new contract, he's going to want that. I I just can't see an NFL team quite going that crazy. 
an 80, 85% guaranteed, I can see that. Yeah, we will see what happens. I also think that part of it is that the Broncos have walked away pretty impressed with the quarterback options in the draft. I mean, there's no, it's not surprising that, you know, the day after the Broncos got to interview all the top quarterbacks that all of a sudden, oh, the Broncos are not as in or not favorites for Kirk Cousins. So we'll see what happens, but there are options galore. There are other options in free agency, but for me personally, I know some people would disagree. I had a little bit of a disagreement with Eric today on Twitter as it pertains to it, but for me, it's Kirk Cousins, and if you're not getting Kirk Cousins, no matter who you sign, you are still going in and going after a guy in free agency, or not in free agency, in the top of the draft. Right. No, I'm with you on that. I guess who who beyond Cousins do you see the Broncos really going hard after? I know we've heard Keenum, Casey Keenum as being another one. Any other options you think for the Broncos? Case Keenum's definitely one. You know, there's a Kubiak tied there. Uh, but you could see a number of other guys. I mean, maybe they bring back a guy like Brock Osweiler for cheap. I doubt it's going to happen, but you know that's that's an option. I would personally like to get a guy like Josh McCown or Chase Daniel, maybe even a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who's you know that fortieth to fiftieth best quarterback in the NFL, but he's going to get paid like that, and also you're not going to have to put in long term guaranteed money in him as well. So you get a guy that you know at least is competent at playing quarterback knows his role, and then go really hard in the draft after your guy in the draft, you know, whether it be Mayfield, Rosen, Darnold, heck, even Allen or Jackson, even though I don't think those guys are on the Broncos' radar as much, at least not Jackson to Allen. I mean, gosh, I, I'm not sure I hear yes or no every other day, it seems like, from different <laughs> people. But you go find your guy in the draft, and in free agency you get a guy that can be that bridge-slash-insurance policy just in case things don't go right. But I would imagine that the Broncos, if they don't get Cousins, are going to be very aggressive at the top of the draft going after a quarterback. So I have one, one final question before we get to the, the draft players. Did you hear anything about Drew Brees? Since he is technically still a free agent right now. I heard nothing about Drew Brees. I think everyone assumes he's going to wind up back with the Saints. But stranger things have happened, so... Right, we're, we will we're, see. we're a week out, and it just seems kind of weird that they still haven't gotten something done there. Yeah, I don't know. But. I'm not sure what's happening there. I've not heard. I had heard that maybe the Vikings are going to bring back Teddy Bridgewater. You know, that hasn't come to fruition, so he's an interesting one that's out there. Sam Bradford with his glass knees. You know, who knows what happens there. But there are, there are options for that Tier 3, Tier 4 guy that hopefully Elway doesn't have to spend a lot of money on, doesn't have to guarantee him for a long time. And I just... Uh, I'm kind of I'm nervous. I won't lie. I won't. I'm nervous about the Broncos being so heavily linked to Case Keenum because I feel like he's going to get Brock Osweilered. You know, he's going to get massively overpaid for steering the ship in an almost ideal situation and not just completely sucking. You know, I don't think Keenum is Keenum that much better than Josh McCown. I really don't think so. He's younger. You know, you have more of a long term option there. But I, you have the fifth pick in a draft where there are three four quarterbacks who should probably end up going top 10. You know, you're, you're going to choose Case Keenum. That's your guy. Heck no, not, not me. That's not where I stand. I think that's silly. And I am definitely not about it. Depending on the contract, you know, there's talks 20 million a year. Heck no, heck no. Two year deal, 14 to 16 million per. That's, that's probably what I'm looking at for Case Keenum. Right. If anything, anything more than that, 
good luck wherever you're at, Keenum. Well, and I, I, I'm really hoping the Broncos have learned from their past mistake here with Paxton Lynch of one, not really going after that developmental quarterback in the first round if you don't have to. And two, you got to play the rookie. You can't just have him sit there on the bench and then have question marks three years out going, well, what is this guy? And you bring in Keenum. Are you going back to that whole, well, we got a quarterback battle and we'll figure it out maybe by week three of, of preseason. I, I just, I can't go through that again as a fan. <laughs> I just would, would hope that we're just going to get one of the rookies and say, all right, you're a man. We want to see what you can do. We're going to build around you. Let's do this. And just commit to that guy. Stop being wishy-washy of where things are going. And I know Paxton didn't help himself. He he didn't go out there and win the job. But I just feel like if you're bringing in Keenum, you're just putting yourself right back into that whole situation. And I just don't think that's the best place to be. Yeah, I agree. I'm a little bit in the middle there as far as playing that quarterback right away. You know, like if you get a guy like Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield, Odds are that they're going to be the guy right away. But, you know, it's not the worst situation if you have to do with, like, what the Bears did last year where, you know, you have that guy like Glennon who is okay, you know, solid, and it just gives that quarterback a little bit of time. You know, there's the expectations somewhat lessen, and you kind of give them a little bit of time to get comfortable. You know, if it's Rosen, probably probably he comes in day one. I mean, I think Rosen's probably walks in and he's a top 20, 25 quarterback in the NFL. But – you know, it's not a worse idea. You know, if you have a guy like Josh McCown, who's, you know, proven to be pretty solid over the last few years, despite having pretty horrible teams around him. And if he beats Rosen or, you know, something happens in that regard, Rosen just not quite ready. If you go with a guy like that for three, four games, it's it's not the worst, worst scenario to me. Just yeah. my opinion. I, and I'm okay with that too. Uh, because, I mean, in, in a way, to me, if you're taking a rookie, one – the Broncos are not going to be Super Bowl contenders next year. I've kind of said the same thing, even if we get Kirk Cousins. I don't believe that we're Super Bowl contenders because I don't think we could beat the Steelers, the Patriots, or the Jaguars. I still think those three teams would be better than us. But I, I don't know. I, I would be okay with that, them starting for a few games. But I still want to see the rookie get his opportunity and, and learn on the field. It just... There's something different about that. I, I used to be kind of the, oh, well, look at how Philip Rivers did and Aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench and how much that helped them. And I, I just think it's actually better now looking at players like Jared Goff, how much he improved year two. Uh, yeah. Carson Wentz is another. I mean, th- those two guys, all of a sudden, they turned into top 15, even Carson Wentz maybe being top three quarterback in the NFL after pretty rough rookie years. So I don't know. I, I just kind of want to see what that guy can do on the field and give us some hope for the future at the position. But uh, let's just go ahead and look at the the rookie quarterbacks here then. And what did you see in the throwing drills? Did anybody stand out to you? I think that Allen looked better than I thought he would. But again, it's the underwear Olympics. I still don't know if he has any anticipation or touch throws in his arsenal. And talk is, I heard from multiple people, that he was the least impressive of the top three guys, or the top four guys, I guess, on the whiteboard. And in the team interviews, you know, asking him to dial up tape and draw draw it on the whiteboard. So 
throwing drills. I mean, he obviously has the big arm. He, we knew he was going to come out there and throw lasers. He definitely moved up a little bit, but not too much. I did like his press conference. He just he seems a little bit young, not like super goofy, immature like Paxton Lynch, but he still seems pretty young mentally, and he didn't have the the aura that I had when I spoke with Mayfield or Rosen. Mayfield and Rosen both looked yeah. pretty good. I think Rosen's feet, for some of them, got a little bit sloppy. I don't think he got the depth that he showed. But on tape, I mean, again, the throwing drills are if the guys can, you know, if you're playing a bubble screen offense like Paxton Lynch did, can they throw that 10, 15-yard out? Can they hit the seam? Can they throw the post? Can they throw it 60 yards down the field on a fly route? So those are the things that they're testing there and making sure their mechanics aren't totally horrible and I think Rosen and Mayfield look good. I'm, I'm disappointed we didn't get to see Darnold. And I think, I mean, obviously we knew he would look okay in this event, but Tanner Lee, big kid, strong arm, decent athlete. So somebody's going to take a shot on him. He's kind of the, the Davis Webb of this season's draft, maybe probably lesser tier <laughs> than Davis Webb. But right. somebody will take a chance on him late. But I think out of the out of the quarterbacks, those are the guys that stood out to me. Kyle Aletta was never going to look incredible. That's not his game. He's a uh, definitely a thinking man's quarterback. Uh, of rich man's Trevor Simeon, as Eric has said, and I, I like that a lot. You know, he's doesn't have the physical upside that a lot of the other guys have. But to me, I mean, I, this really solidified to me that Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen are my top two quarterbacks with Sam Darnold third. And then you have Allen and Lamar Jackson, who probably if the Denver Broncos had a solidified quarterback, I'd be more interested in them and Darnold for that matter. But they don't. So guys are most pro ready guys, safest kind of totally different uh, 180 turn from Paxton Lynch. I came away most impressed with Mayfield. and Yeah. I, I listened to all the press conferences of the four, the top four guys. And yeah. I'd probably rank it Rosen as my top conference press conference. You could just tell the man oozes intelligence. Just every thought that he has, you're just going, man, this guy is processing things at speeds that others are not. And just he's well, like I said, he's well-spoken. He's very calm. Uh, I was told that in some of his interviews, he was making teams laugh, which was kind of a big deal when you have 15 minutes and just trying to build some rapport, which was something that teams had a lot of questions about with him. And I thought he answered very well for his questions uh, when he was talking about, you know, I just got to be myself. I know players can can see through when I'm trying to be fake. I'm not a rah-rah guy. I am... I'm going to go out there. I'm going to work my tail off and, and be that guy and hopefully win the respect of my, my teammates. And I just, I really loved a lot of his answers. Baker Mayfield, I felt like was at times a little bit defensive. I don't know. Did you get that feeling at all? I feel like as somebody who is a member of the media there, he hates us all, (laughs) which I mean, rightfully so there's been some, some stuff. Although I think Rosen has just as much right to hate the media. So, right. I don't know. I think, I, yeah, I felt Mayfield. like he was calm. I, I didn't feel like Rose never like snapped at the media for anything, like any questions, personal questions about some of his attitude and stuff like that, where Baker, it was just kind of like, I know I'm the man. I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm the man and all these other problems, they don't even matter. And which, I mean, he, he answered some of the questions. He said, I'm going to be honest with teams about the mistakes I've made along the way. And which was, was good of him. But like I said, I just felt like he was like, reach that point of, I am so tired of answering these same questions, which that is understandable. You've had to answer these same questions, senior bowl, all the other off season interviews you've done. The same questions keep coming up. It's like, how many times can I answer the same question a different way? Yeah. 
Yeah, I would I would say out of the four that I get to see because unfortunately Allen and Lamar Jackson were interviewing at the same time and the boss man said, get Allen. Boss man's Chad Jensen in case you guys didn't know. <laughs> but uh, he said, get Allen. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll get Allen, which is unfortunate because Lamar was supposedly pretty darn funny and charismatic. But I would rank them probably Rosen, blew me away, Intelligence, definitely a guy that you want as the face of the franchise. I think he's going to, I mean, he needs to work. He's before he comes on our podcast, cause his, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, that that's kind of out there, but I think he kind of knows how to work the media. You know, he's been under the spotlight forever and he just, he just, he just has that air of a franchise quarterback. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan. He's been my quarterback one and this, all of this just solidified it for me. He's, He's the guy that if, you know, I, I had to put my eggs in one basket, he'd be the guy. Uh, then Baker, you know, he kind of had that somebody pissed in my Cheerios kind of attitude, which is fine. I mean, that's that's who Baker is. Loved by teammates, maybe not as liked by media, which is, I mean, whatever. As long as he's his teammates are going to bat for him, that's that's fine. Uh, Josh Allen, again, talking about him, he just seems a little bit young. He's going to have to grow into that role. I don't think he's a day one guy who steps in and people fall in line, you know, if that makes sense. And yeah. Darnold, I honestly was probably the most disappointed with Darnold's. He maybe he came across as two PC. I don't know. Maybe he's just that super extrovert kid. I mean, there are there is talk that he wouldn't talk when he was younger. So extroverted. I mean, he hid behind his mother's legs. And they had to pretty much pry him to kindergarten. Is one of the reports that's out there. So he's always been that kind of introverted guy. But his teammates apparently follow him on the field. So you know, there's a difference between the teammates and the media and the locker room and everything like that. But. I found it odd that he was the only quarterback that when they asked him who's the best one in this draft, he didn't say me. So I don't know. I I want a guy with swagger. I want a guy with a little bit of swagger, and I thought Rosen had the best balance of intelligence, moxie, uh, reflectiveness, genuineism, if that's a word, right. and just uh, overall talent. So, yeah, yeah I think this that is was pretty much solidified for me. The other question for me with Darnold that really bothered me was when they asked him about sitting behind somebody. And he was just kind of like, yeah, that's fine. If that's what a team asks me to do, that's what I'll do. And I'm like, no, I loved Baker Mayfield's answer to that. Like, I'm not here to sit behind somebody. I'm yeah. here to go win the job. I'm going to go push that guy as hard as I possibly can. That's what I want to hear. That gets yeah. me fired up that this guy's going to go out there and have that attitude where I feel like Darnold's kind of the, well, if I have to sit a year, that's all right with me. Like, it's, it's no big deal. I'll just go learn and see how things go. And so, yeah, I was. I was very disappointed with him. I, the the throwing thing, him not throwing, that really didn't bother me too much because lots of quarterbacks in the past have chosen not to do that and still got drafted very high and have done very fine in the NFL. That's not a big deal to me. But, I mean, I would have loved to have seen him throw. But, again, it's just not that that big of a deal. Again, it's the the underwear Olympics or whatever you want to call it. It's it's not real life. It's not the, the real game. It's just a matter of uh, – Again, that's where I love Baker Mayfield's answer of why are you throwing today? Because I love to compete. Yeah. Because I want to show I'm the best. Like that's again, like this guy just oozes, I want to go do something big. And and Rosen's the same way. He has that kind of not not too over the top cocky attitude, but just on that edge of I know I'm good. And I just feel like in the NFL, you need a quarterback with that kind of attitude because they're gonna make mistakes along the way but they need to be able to still say, I am that good. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. Overall, I think Josh Allen did help himself, though. He did pretty well in the physical drills. I mean, he's got the size that you want for the quarterback. He's big. I mean, what do you weigh? 237, almost 6'5", and then above the 
pretty much at the 70th percentile or greater for all the physical tests as well, besides the 20-yard shuttle. But, I mean, you know, who cares? So, I mean, he's he's definitely intriguing for my Wyoming Bronco fans out there. I just feel like because of Paxton Lynch and his struggles and the reports, I know I can't verify it. I wasn't in the room, but it's the reports that he was the least impressive on the whiteboard of the guys. I just don't think he's the guy that fits with the Broncos. Now, that said, if the Broncos go out there and spend big money on Case Keenum, God forbid, pardon my French, um, but, and then you know look for that developmental quarterback that can play three years down the road, God, it's, it probably ends up Josh Allen. And I just that just gives me a little bit of PTSD. If you're going to go for a quarterback in this class, I, I said go get the guy, that, go get the top guy. And I think right. that's, I mean, for me, it's Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield. I could hear an argument for any of them, but probably day one. Rosen or Mayfield, it's got it's got to be one of those guys, right? Like it's got to be one of those guys. Yeah, that's that's your gut feelings. One of those two guys. Yeah, that's what I yeah, would do as well. That, that's yeah, that's my thought too. I think one of those two guys will be the starter for the Broncos week one or week four, somewhere in there. Yeah, like you said, maybe they need a couple extra weeks to kind of get their feet underneath them and just kind of see what a NFL game runs like. But they both played in big conferences and kind of know what it feels like to be in a big crowd, all that kind of stuff. So I think they'll, they'll handle it just fine and and come out there and, and do well, but it's easy to see one, the just kind of getting back and just kind of wrapping up this whole quarterback buzz, all this uh, what's going on with the Broncos, but the players want cousins. I just saw right before we started this podcast that Emmanuel Sanders was out there trying to win cousins over to the Broncos saying, Hey, come throw to DT and I, We'll do some good things kind of thing. And Von Miller earlier today was on ESPN's first take. I didn't even know that show was still going, but I guess it is. <laughs> and uh, I he, again, was pretty much trying to hype up Cousins. And it's understandable. These players want a proven quarterback. They don't want a rookie that they're going to have to see, is this guy any good or not, come in. They're not going to want to go through his developmental issues. They want a guy that can come in and day one give them their best chance. So makes sense the players are are wanting and pushing for cousins, but I hope that they can if things don't work out that way, that they can get behind the rookie too. Same here, same here. So there is a little bit of trade buzz. There was a rumor that the Broncos were in talks with Cleveland for the number one overall pick. I talked with some people and that sounds like hashtag fake news. So we'll see about that. But the two that are more interesting is the New York Giants at two and the Indianapolis Colts at three. Some talk the Giants may be looking to move down. They like Saquon Barkley and Quentin Nelson a lot and might want to make a run for a guy like Eli, you know, at the very end. They like Saquon. They like Quentin Nelson. So trade down to five makes a lot of sense. One, if not both those guys will still be there, and the Giants can add more assets. Same with the Colts. I've heard the Colts linked with those two, but also Roquan Smith and the main one, Bradley Chubb. Odds are... Three, probably three of those guys are there at five. So those teams, I mean, adding assets and moving down and still getting your top guy or your second guy sounds like a pretty good idea for those teams. Now the Broncos are going to have to compete with the Jets, who are probably going to be looking to trade up as well unless they somehow get Kirk Cousins, which I don't believe in. But that's, I mean, it's a sweet spot, and Broncos have assets to do it. So it'll be very interesting to follow, and if the Broncos do lose out on Cousins, I really expect Elway to be very aggressive in trying to move up to two or three. Yeah. Elway's not going to mess around when it comes to the quarterback position. They, they've messed around too much already over the last couple of years. So 
they'll go get their guy and whatever it takes and uh, could make the draft very, very interesting. Are there any other trades, free agency buzz that you've heard about the Broncos? Um, the Broncos are not that interested in Saquon from the sounds of it. It's got Gary Kubiak's fingers all over it. They, even if he's there at five, I don't think they would take him. Even if they get cousins, I don't think they'd take him. I think they'd take Roquan Smith or Quentin Nelson over Saquon Barkley, if that says anything to you. And I think they're looking more day three, maybe early day or late day two at running back. Same goes for defensive line. It's a deeper defensive line class. My boy, Taven Bryan, shout out to all the haters. He killed it. Did absolutely phenomenal. I wish he would measure it a little longer in the arm length, but I mean, that's fine. He met, measures pretty close to Derek Wolf, honestly. So that's an interesting one, but I think the Broncos would do the same thing with defensive line, interior defensive line, as they did would do with running back. Look, late day two to mid early day three, and I think they're more interested in wide receiver than I thought they'd be. Some indication that maybe a guy like James Washington, maybe a DJ Chark, maybe a James Washington. Did I already say James Washington? DJ yep. Moore. DJ Moore is up there as well. Uh, maybe even a Michael Gallup. So I, I think the the Broncos are more interested in wide receiver than I thought they'd be. And I think they had hoped that Will Hernandez would fall to them in the second round. But after the combine, I don't see that happening. Fortunately for the Broncos, though, this is a very deep free agent class at the interior offensive line and in the draft, as opposed to the tackle position, which has gotten worse and worse as the days go by. So I've talked about that a little bit in my five key takeaways from the combine piece that went up today. Yeah, I saw that. I was a little disappointed that Connor Williams is being viewed more as a guard than a tackle. It's it's partially to do with his lack of length. He did measure right at the cutoff at 33, but then when you look at the tape as well, I was talking to somebody about it, and it, it has to do with his pass sets. He doesn't really have that ability to, at least not consistently, to be that kick-step guy, get depth, and then catch edge rushers. He uses more of a quick set where he's aggressive right off the bat and kind of lunges, lunges into guys, which is very, very typical of, you guessed it, a guard. So he probably starts as a guard, maybe can be developed into a tackle. But talk talk is he's probably probably starts as a guard. It just depends on what the team needs. Best case for him though, probably day one left guard and can be developed. Maybe a team like the 49ers with Joe Staley aging and running that zone scheme. Connor Williams would be a great fit for them at the guard position. Alrighty. Well, we still have a bit to get to here, but first we want to say thank you to our great sponsor, Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. I have a flight to Florida coming up, two flights actually, unfortunately, for uh, from the Quad Cities to Florida. And you can bet that I'm going to be using Audible on those flights. My girlfriend's not a great flyer, so I'll be there to support her. But hopefully I can catch them such shut eye and enjoy what all the different books and everything Audible has to offer. All right, well, moving on, we're going to kind of go about this the, the same way that the, the draft played out the first day of interviews is offensive line and running backs, and then it goes wide receiver, tight end, and quarterbacks, which we already talked about the quarterbacks, so I guess that one we can take out. And then defensive line, edge rushers, linebackers, and finally the secondary. So starting off with the offensive line, Carl, I'll kick it off to you. Who were a couple of your freaks along the offensive line. Colton Miller of UCLA has to be up there. The man just killed it at the at the combine this this year. And 
I know there's been some talk of him being a first round pick and I'm guessing combine probably doesn't squelch some of those rumors, but you watch the tape and you don't see a first round pick. You see the athleticism and maybe a guy that you can develop into that kind of player. I mean, you talked about the, the tackle group, not being that great. Maybe he gets pumped up because of that, but he's not a guy that I want the Broncos to take at least not in the first round. Well, obviously not a pick five, even if we trade back, I don't want to take him. Maybe second round, maybe late second, early third is more where I see him talent-wise. But again, really killed it at the combine, did everything possible to to pump up his name. And the other guy that really I thought did well was Joseph Noteboom of TCU. He just, again, a guy that seemed to show up top five, top ten in almost every single drill. So very, very impressed with him. Wow, I can't believe you didn't talk about Brian O'Neill. He's somebody that I'm pulling up mock draftable right now. His number one comparison, Garrett Bowles. <laughs> Garrett Bowles is actually better coming out, I believe, but you're talking about a guy who is an athletic freak at that position. Brian O'Neill, former tight end, developed into a offensive lineman. He has the the athletic goods to be a good tackle. However, the tape just isn't there. And I mean, you saw him at the senior bowl. He just he struggled a little bit, so he's probably a project, but as far as athleticism goes, I mean, he's up there. He ran a 4.82 at almost 300 pounds. And that, that's, that's unheard of. That's in the 98th percentile of all offensive tackles ever. So pretty good guy. I measured out with a pretty good length as well, 34 and an eighth wing, uh, arm length. So a little bit slender guy that's going to need some time to hit the NFL weight room and get better. But he's, he's an interesting one and definitely a, a winner. I mean, it just proved what we pretty much already knew. He's a good athlete. Another guy who showed out very well. Desmond Harrison showed up with, you know, very still pretty light 292, but had a pretty good arm length at 34 and ran a 4940. So good athlete and apparently answered questions as well. I heard some positive buzz come in from him. And I don't want to, you know, steal from anybody. I guess another big winner at the offensive line would have to be Mike McGlinchey. He didn't test great athletically at all, but he didn't suck. (laughs) <laughs> and that's pretty much what you have to do with this offensive tackle class because it was that putrid. Uh, another big winner, I'd have to be a lot of these offensive interior offensive linemen. Austin Corbett from Nevada, very good. I hear the Broncos are very high on him. Braden Smith tested great. Colby Gossett from Appalachian State. Uh, James Daniels being talk about, talked about as high as 14 to the Packers. He interviewed awesomely. Oh, my gosh, he made my heart flutter because he said, you know what he wants to do after he's done with football? What's that? He wants to get a master's in public health from the University of Iowa. Nice. I damn near pooed myself. I was like, <laughs> I did that. That's me. So <laughs> very excited about that. And Wyatt Teller tested very well athletically as well. So those are some of the guys. As far as losers, I'm going to, I don't know if you have this one right in front of you. Uh, Orlando Brown, obviously oh, a yeah. gigantic, <laughs> the biggest loser <clears throat> in more ways than one. Orlando Brown was just a huge disappointment. There was talk of him being a top 10 pick before the combine. And then he goes out there and puts, I mean, he didn't even have to have a great combine. He just had to not go out there and be terrible. Yeah. And he just bombed it. Maybe the worst of a guy that was expected to be a top 10 pick that I I was hearing today. There were people talking. He's a day three pick now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to expand a little bit upon that as well, because I see people saying you got to trust the tape. You got to trust the tape. And while I agree with you, Orlando Brown had questions coming into this that the combine 
the reason it exists is to answer these questions. Not only did he not answer them, he failed miserably. And that goes beyond, you know, what kind of athlete he is, but it has to go with his work ethic as well. I mean, he knows this is the biggest interview of his life. It doesn't, I mean, I'm not out there here doing it, but as far as offensive linemen go, it doesn't take that much to train to be, get over or at least reach 20 bench reps. And he hit what? 14? 14. And then he looked sloppy. He showed up 20, 25 pounds overweight, which is a huge red flag. I mean, for Denver, you might as well take him off the board, in my opinion, because somebody that that's carrying that much bad weight playing at altitude, I mean, that's, that's going to be a nightmare. It's going to always going to be an issue with him. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. And then you have the coaches literally yelling at him on the field for dogging it and loafing it in the drills. So I haven't heard how he did in the interviews, but talk about a garbage combine. Orlando Brown Jr. Come up and get your award. I tweeted out that (laughs) I heard that he was one of the biggest losers from the weigh-in. And my mom texted me like, oh my gosh, he's like 6'8", 345 pounds. What are you doing? He's going to eat you. (laughs) So I I definitely avoided him when he was at the podium. (laughs) Not that he'd see my tweet or anything or hopefully not, you know, care about it too much because what am I compared to some of the bigger media people out there? And what am I compared to what the teams think? But definitely a big loser. The other one I want to touch on, it's kind of an unfortunate big loser, but Billy Price tearing his pec in the bench press, not being able to test and then always having also having that injury. I mean, he, especially with how good the rest of this interior offensive line class tested, I could see him falling down the boards pretty hard, pretty hard. I saw he had surgery today and is expected to be back in time for training camp, but that's still for any team out there. You, if you're taking an offensive lineman in the first, you're expecting them to start. And like you said, when this group is so deep on that interior offensive line, I just see a, a guy that's going to maybe fall a round or two just because of that injury, which, yeah, like you said, that's, that's pretty sad. You hate to see that, but... Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It happens every once in a while. Sidney Jones last year during his pro day, what did he tear his ACL or did he, I can't remember which, which one it was. Sidney Jones tore his ACL, I believe. ACL. Yeah. And then all of a sudden went from possible first round pick to day three pick. He went to middle round two. Middle round. Okay. Sorry. Yep. Okay. But still, I mean, that's, yeah. that's millions of dollars lost all because of something that happened that really he couldn't control. So feel for that guy. Get well. But is there anybody that you think is really like that perfect fit for the Broncos? Yeah. For the Broncos of this offensive line, anybody you just see, Oh my goodness, this guy just fits in perfect. I know Quentin Nelson, 
Will Hernandez, but but anybody beyond because we we've, we've talked about those guys quite a bit. Anybody else? Well, those are the two that I were thinking. So oh, okay, <laughs> uh, but I'd probably have to go with Austin Corbett. Uh, he tested extremely well. He's a versatile guy. He played tackle. He played all across, and he's the 4.0 student, a team captain, and interviewed very well. I've listened to an interview from his from the Senior Bowl as well. Very engaging guy, and he measured well athletically. He's going to need to get stronger, but I'm I'm overall impressed with him. And if the Broncos are looking to get a guy that you know you can bring in, maybe be that left guard day one or even a potential center in the future. I think he has the overall skill set to be very versatile and be a player for the Broncos off- offensive line for a long time to come. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to our offensive weapons. Who are some of your freaks from the combine? I want to hear about you. You want to hear mine? I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear who's your ideal offensive fit. In fact, give me a tackle. Give you Not a tackle. A well, I guess tackle wise, I know this is kind of a cop out just because the other guys failed so bad, but Mike McGlinchey is probably that one guy to play right tackle. When he did play right tackle for Notre Dame, he was I thought he was better as a right tackle than he was a left tackle. And yeah. I think his skill set fits better over there. I think he's a pretty good run blocker. And I, that's the one guy I wouldn't mind a late first round pick using on him. But I think because the other guys have failed so bad, he's going to get pumped up higher than he probably should be. Guard-wise, trying to think who, beyond the guys that you already listed and the guys that I already said can't can't be used. I'm going to go with Braden Smith. That's my guy. Okay. I loved watching his tape. I thought he has, was one of the more consistent players. I don't think he's as dominating as what you see with like Quentin Nelson or Will Hernandez. He's not going to, how did Quentin Nelson say it? I want to eat your soul or I want to take your soul or something like that. I can't remember how he said it, but Brainsmith, he's just one of those very, very consistent guys. Plus, he's a Kansas kid. Came from Olathe, Kansas, which is other side of the state for me. But still, he's a Kansas kid. And I just thought, tested really well. Just nothing that really stood out that said, oh, my goodness, this guy's going to fail. So I think he's going to be one of those very consistent starters in the NFL for a lot of years. Yeah, I can't disagree. Tyrell Crosby did pretty well also. Just found that out there. He's kind of a one of those guys that if the Broncos look in two birds with one stone, He's a guy who could probably be right tackle or play either guard spot. So, Right. And and he was one guy I wanted to kind of mention. I forgot to mention him. Um, at the Senior Bowl, one thing that really impressed me is he got beaten pretty bad the first couple days. But the final day, he, he really showed a lot more. He finally was holding up a lot more and just kind of looked like he got his feet underneath him, kind of understood the whole what was going on with the Senior Bowl. Because that's a whole new experience. That's a, a whole new way of playing when you get to something like that, when you're asked to learn a new playbook and go against guys you've never faced before, never really watched a whole lot of tape on or anything like that. And so uh, I I think he, he's one of those guys he's going to go, he's going to be better than what he showed at the senior bowl to start off with at least. So I I think I was a little rough on him, but like I said, I was impressed that he kept going, kept fighting and got better as the week went on. And he interviewed pretty well also. So interesting guy, definitely a leader, and I would be happy to have him. You know, hopefully round three, but I could see potentially taking him round two. As far as final final loser, I'm sorry, we need to move these faster. I'm sorry, we we are definitely offensive line and defensive line guys. I've converted <laughs> you finally, but a guy that was disappointing, I guess, would have to be Jamarco Jones. 
he measured in okay size and everything like that, but his athletic testing, especially his three cone, not great. And that goes also with his tape. You know, he looks like a guy who's a little bit stiff, a little bit top heavy. And I think that transferred over the three cone. All right, moving on. I know you kind of tried to make a transition to this earlier, but I pulled you back because offensive line rules, offensive line and quarterback, the two main <laughs> priorities, I would say this off season, but moving along offensive weapons. And I see you have a freak here. That is one I won't, I won't dispute. So I'll, I'll let you start with a few freaks. All right. Well, let's start with the guy that I've talked up quite a bit. One of my top three favorite wide receivers in this entire draft, and that is DJ Moore of Maryland. Just went out there and dominated the the combine, in my opinion. Ran a very well – just ran everything well. There, there was nothing that really stood out that made me go, man, this guy's not going to be something. Ran a 4-4-2-40. <sighs> 15 bench press, which isn't great, but it's not terrible either. 39.5 inch vertical, which is pretty good. 132 inch broad jump, 6.953 cone, 4.07 20 yard shuttle. So again, just a lot of things. And then maybe the one big thing of his measurement that really stood out to a lot of people was his height. He came in at six foot. I don't think anybody was really expecting him to, to be six foot. They were thinking maybe 5'10" maybe 5'11". I know that one inch doesn't make a whole lot of difference, but it still puts him in a different group, I think, of wide receivers. You start looking at him somewhat as being able to be that outside guy as well as that slot guy. So measured in well, again, and 210 pounds. That's the other big thing for him. There's a lot of six-foot guys that are that 175, 180 pounds. You're going, oh my gosh, how is their frame going to hold up in the NFL? Again, you don't worry about that with DJ Moore. So he checked a lot of boxes, in my opinion, at the at the combine. Another guy, I mean, this is just a pretty obvious one, Saquon Barkley. We can't not mention him because he's a freak among freaks. It, we knew he was going to blow up the combine. I don't know if we knew he was going to do this well. Did you think he was going to do this well? I honestly did. I thought, honestly, I thought he might even do a little bit better. But, I mean, he's still... He still killed it, so it is what it is. Right. So, again, my thought did really well. Antonio Callaway, this is a interesting one. We, we've talked about him a little bit on this show, not too much, because he's a guy that he got kicked out of Florida and has had a lot of issues. At one point, there was a report that he had failed multiple, I mean, multiple, multiple upon multiple drug tests while there in Florida. They gave him lots of extra chances. And so at many points, a lot of people thought this guy's undraftable. And then he goes out there and has himself a really good combine. I heard he uh, interviewed really well. Didn't you hear that? Yes, I did. So answered a lot of questions. He was one of those guys that the combine was going to be his best friend. And he just blew it out of the water. So another guy that I was very impressed with. If we're looking at just the tight end position, because I thought they tested pretty well as well. uh, Mike Gusecki. Uh, Penn State just Freak. just destroyed the combine. He might have been top three tight end performances of all time at the combine. Just, just under Vernon Davis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and that's saying something when you're looking at that. Uh, Mark Andrews, I thought he did nothing to hurt his name, at least. Running a four six seven forty and just kind of showed pretty well most of the drills. 31-inch vertical could have been a little bit better, but again, just nothing that really hurt his his draft stock, I think, is what I would say. But those are, are two guys at the tight end position. I guess 
Jalen Samuels, I guess they said that he was a tight end. <laughs> I don't know what position you really want to call him. Is that what you would call him? Tight end? Offensive weapon. There you go. Offensive weapon. He did really well. Running yeah. a, a four five four forty thirty four point five inch vertical. I'm not leaving you many guys here because I'm just kind of <laughs> going down my list here. Sorry. But yeah, those are guys. There's a lot of guys in this group that just really did well. Very, very impressive group. Yeah. Okay. Well, out of the guys that are left, I was very surprised by Bo Scarborough. He didn't run the fastest 40, but his lower body explosion, especially the raw jump and the vertical jump, very good. Very good. He measured in six, one and a half, 230 pounds. And honestly, he should have played linebacker. Let's be completely honest. He should have played linebacker. Probably has a better future in that regard, but the injuries are concerning. I thought that Kalen Balage had a pretty good, but not totally surprising week at the combine. He measured in huge, and his athletic testing compared to his size is very, very good. Another guy who did great overall, I would say Darius Geis did pretty good. He could have done a little bit better. You know, we'll see his broad jump and everything else like that at a senior bowl, but I think he answered questions there. Carry uh, Johnson, I thought, had a pretty solid combine overall. Uh, Nick Chubb, I can't believe you didn't mention him. He was the one that oh, honestly yeah. was Oops. the most impressive. That he, I mean, I had him at RB5, and after his combine performance and based on Denver's needs, he's up to RB3 now. He's super I can't explosive. With that. Yeah, super explosive, the lower half, good speed, great size. And if you're looking for that power back that can run between the tackles and fill in for be a better version than what CJ Anderson was. He's great. Rashad Penny had a pretty good combine as well. I mean, that size to run a four four six that is damn good. Damn good. Disappointing, I would guess I would have to say Sony Michelle. I thought he would be a little bit more explosive. He tested a little bit average athletically. Mark Walton was extremely disappointing athletically, in my opinion, overall. And uh, I guess John Kelly is one as well. I was hoping he would be a little faster than he showed up. So he didn't run the 40, which is a concern for me, but his, I was hoping that he'd be just a little bit better in his strength and his shiftiness. As for a wide receiver, big winners, DJ Chark has to be one. Uh, Equanimous St. Brown has to be one. I mean, that dude, what would he, 6'5", 215 pounds, and ran a, close to a 4'4", What a freak athlete. Uh, and Alan Lazard. There's some talk that he may have to move to tight end or teams have asked him to move him to tight end but man what a great combine for him and that's not the same player that i saw on tape i thought he was much sh- stiffer than that so he moved pretty well and a little bit of a sleeper here marquez valdez scantling i did not i honest to god did not know anything about this guy coming into the combine but 6'4 205 pounds and then with just monster hand size 10 inches and then runs a fourth four three seven with good broad jump as well so interesting guy there's pretty good job overall in tight ends I, I guess i'll just throw out one for tight ends but i thought that ian thomas had a pretty good combine nothing nothing crazy but i think ian thomas definitely helped himself overall good list yeah a couple other names i wanted to mention of some some guys that didn't help themselves ronald jones yeah not him his fault. falling up yeah. in the 40 yeah that's not his fault but it's still he had that chance to really cement himself as running back three, yeah. at least. Maybe passing guys even if he really blew up the the combine. And then to go up and pull up in the, the 40 like he did, 
just kind of disappointing not to get to see his true numbers. And I'm with you on Sonny Michelle. I was probably one of the most disappointing guys at this entire thing. Yeah. I, I would have to say. Uh, finally, another loser, Akam Wadley, Hawkeye. One of the worst combine performances to date. Just small and not not athletic. Not yeah. great. Not great. Calvin Ridley had to be a loser as well. I know you got to trust the tape there, but was smaller and not as athletic as I thought he would be. So, what right. does that say? That's normally a, that's normally a red flag. Right. Another wide receiver that I wasn't very impressed with, Auden Tate. Yeah, I know he's been kind of your boy, Past but tense. he just uh, again I had, I another guy that I hedged my bets with the bigger wide receivers, and I liked Tate and I liked Equanimous St. Brown, but I needed the athletic testing to prove either one, you know, separate them. And ESB extremely separated himself. So I guess right. goodbye, Auden Tate. You're a day three player, right? That that's just it. Is it wasn't even that he had to go out and blow away the the combine. It's just, he had to go put up some decent numbers. Then he couldn't do that. Kind of like Orlando Brown. It wasn't like he had to go out there and just run that four, four 40. But if he runs like a four or five, five 40, Oh my goodness. This guy is easily a top two round pick and he couldn't do it. So very disappointing to see that with him. Cause you were starting to make me a believer and I'm, I'm no longer a believer, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. It's and this is again where I know we have to be careful with the combine because you can read too much into some of these things, but there's still like those base numbers. You're just going, you need to reach at least this level. And yeah. if they're not reaching that level, then you're going, okay, there's something there that we're missing. Like they're there's just they're not to the level you need them to be to make it in the NFL. It's kind of like with we're gonna get to them here in just a second, but one of your boys from Iowa on the off ball linebacker spot. He needed yeah, to run about yeah. a four seven forty, and he ran a four eight two, and just yep. kind of proved everybody's thoughts on him of he's just not athletic quite enough to to make it in the NFL. Yep, unfortunately, but we should probably kick it off to the defensive side of the ball here. Right, we're running a little long because as we tend to do, <laughs> if anybody who's listening to this podcast ever knows, we have a tendency to do that. Right, we like to talk, and we both I think are okay talkers but it's uh, something we got to get a little better at wrapping these things up. So <laughs> moving along. Defensive right, well, I'll line. give my, my one, I'll give one for a freaking week here on defensive line. My freak is Bradley Chubb. He just absolutely a guy again, just has to go in here and answer some questions about his athletic traits. Can he really match up with some of the other guys and goes in there and just destroys the combine. Just very, very impressive for his size to go out there and put out the numbers that he did. I mean, he was putting up their numbers with last year's number one pick. So that, that's, that's pretty impressive on, on many ways. And then the week, and this is not really his fault. Maurice Hurst. I know you're, you're not a big fan of his just mostly because he doesn't fit what the Broncos really need. He's more of that three tech instead of a five tech, but uh, to find out he maybe has a heart condition and I don't know what that means for his future. Does that mean he can't play football at all? But I just feel for that guy that he could go from possibly a first round pick to not even draftable. Yeah, it sucks. Well, my freak is uh, Taven Bryan. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before, but I've heard he, whispers. Yeah, yeah, he he showed out pretty well. I wish he had a little bit longer uh, wingspan and arm length, just because I like those long five techniques. But he he did pretty well for himself, so he's definitely one. I mean, ninety seventh percentile vertical jump, ninety eighth percentile broad jump, ninety fifth percentile three cone. You're talking about Bradley Chubb 
being a guy who impressed you, I was actually not as impressed with Bradley Chubb. That's because of that three cone, you know, that's so important for those edge rushers. Taven Bryan at almost 25 pounds heavier, whooped his butt at the three cone. Now that's granted Taven Bryan's a great athlete, but definitely, definitely worth being noted. Uh, Fuleranzo Fatakusie from Connecticut was impressive to me. He overall, good size, good length, just impressive kid. And uh, Trenton Thompson from Georgia. Those are my favorite interior defensive linemen that impressed me. As far as edge guys, I would be remiss if we didn't mention Aid Aruna from Tulane. Uh, again, a really good athlete, but not very good three cone. So that's something worth noting. He's very, very, very raw overall as a player. And then Sam Hubbard. I thought he made himself some money here. And also Rasheem Green. He's listed as a defensive end. He's probably going to be a inside-outside guy. He's, he's what the Broncos wish Demarcus Walker was, in my opinion. So those are, those are my guys that were the freaks. Now, as far as weeks, Andrew Brown, for as explosive as he is on tape, oh my goodness, he sucked at the combine. His athleticism traits were very, very disappointing, especially his lower body explosion. He was, I mean, he's small for his weight, and he was not above the 20th percentile on broad jump or vertical jump. So very, very disappointing for him, and he has some off-field issues that are concerning for me. And then another guy who was a major disappointment had to be Tim Settle. He didn't. He showed up sloppy, definitely had some sloppy weight overall, and uh, fell down like multiple times during like the drills. So he's somebody that I had some expectations. There are flashes on tape, but I have some questions about his body type and his just readiness going forward. Understandable. All right, well, let's move on to off-ball line. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for Details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Backers, this is a pretty important position for the Broncos. And there, there has been some talk of if they get Kirk Cousins, like you said, going after Smith of, of Georgia. But another guy that I wanted to mention that should be in that talk, if we're talking taking inside linebacker early in the draft, Tremaine Edmonds. To go in there being, what, 254 pounds, something like that? Yeah. And ran as well as he did. Just everything he did was was impressive for his weight. And just I think he secured himself easily as a top 15 pick for sure. And so very, very, very impressive guy. Another guy I really liked was uh, Fred Warner. You dog. Did I take your guy? <laughs> I was totally going to say him. I've been. Oh, man, I'm okay. sorry. Okay, it's okay. There's plenty more. This is a pretty, pretty good athletic uh, linebacker group. It's deep. Yeah, I was going to say it was almost harder to find a week than a freak for sure. Yeah. Uh, this guy, 4'6", 440, 21 bench press, 38.5-inch vertical, 119-inch broad jump, 6.93 cone. I mean, it just – he blew this event out of the water. 32-inch arms as well, 236 pounds. Just everything about him, you're just going, this is the guy that would fit well with what the Broncos need. So very, very impressive guy. I would not be shocked to see that he's high on the Broncos' wish list. Yeah. I wish he was a little bit more physical on tape, but he's had some injuries as well. But I, I'm a fan for sure. For me, guys that stood out, again, you took my guy Fred Warner, who's somebody that I like a lot. And if the Broncos can get him, 
hopefully round three. That would be ideal. Leighton Vanderich, I mean, his spider graph is beautiful. Not only does he have the height, he's in the 90th, above the 90th percentile in height, weight, wingspan, arm length. And then he's above the 70th percentile. So he's 83rd percentile, 20 yard shuttle, 85th, three cone, 89 broad jump, 93 vertical, and then 71, 40. So he's smooth and he's huge. And I mean, he showed up 256 and he moved like that. That guy looks more like an edge, edge linebacker. He's just a monster at, at his size. And I was impressed with uh, Matthew Thomas from Florida State as well. Tested very well. There's one more that I had written down. Oh, Oren Burks from Vanderbilt. And also, I mean, obviously, <laughs> the biggest freak there in a good way, Shaquem Griffin. I mean, what he was able to do this week, he was, you know, from a month ago, not even going to be invited to the NFL Combine to putting up 20 bench reps and officially running a 4.3840 at 230 pounds. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what his role is going to be at the next level. He didn't, you know, measure the biggest. He's pretty small, maybe more of a safety type at the next level, but he's going to find some place in the NFL. And I'm, I'm going to be pulling for him very hard because what a story, what a great personality. And, I've heard as early as round two could happen for him with how he tested and how he interviewed. I mean, teams teams love this guy, and rightfully so. At worst, he is going to be a special team star for you. Yeah. That kind of speed, that kind of size, running down the field like he does. And I know he's kind of one of those guys who plays with reckless abandon. That's what you need on those special teams sometimes. Those guys that aren't afraid to go get some hits and break through a, a pile of guys and make a tackle. So... Yeah, very impressed with him, and it's 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 even just beyond his story for him to go put up the numbers that he did at the size he is. That would be impressive for anybody to go into the combine and do what he did, but for him to do it with just one hand, <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, very much pulling for him and could open the NFL's eyes to some some new ideas, some new thoughts on on what, what can come into the NFL. So good luck. Young man, I guess <laughs> I, I can call them young men now since I'm yeah, you're old. Ten years, I know I'm like ten years older than most of these guys. Oh my gosh, that's I don't know if that's sad or good. I don't know. It's definitely different. Yes, yeah, there you go. Way. There you go. Different. But as far um, as some studs, oops, sorry. Oh, go ahead. After you, sir. Okay. Some some weeks, I guess, at the linebacker position. Got to start with your boy, unfortunately, Josie Jewell. Just wasn't his his best showing. He had some decent drills, but it was kind of 50-50 of, of how well he showed up. I, I'm i not saying that he's undraftable because I would still love the Broncos to draft him because I think he's a very instinctual player and I think he's a great leader. I think he's a great locker room guy, but I don't think he really helped his cause. I don't think he answered the questions that he needed to at this event. He's not very big and he's not very fast. He did do pretty well in the three cone, I mean, his change of direction, awesome in 90th percentile, 60-yard shuttle was good, but just small and not fast means you're going to have some issues at the next level. So I love me some Josie Jewell. And instincts, you know, maybe maybe he proves us all wrong, but I think, you know, you, you hit on it. He's definitely got some issues coming in the next level. My personal off-ball week was Chris Wormley. I was hoping for more coming from him. Uh, he has decent size, 6'1", 238 pounds, but his athletic testing numbers were putrid. 
just just really really not good. And I thought maybe you know potentially late round three kind of guy. He's he's going to end up a a day three linebacker. So had higher hopes for him. He's one of the standouts from the Shrine Bowl, but he he stunk. Period. <laughs> no other way to put it. He honestly probably had a worse overall showing athletically than Josie Jewell did. So here we're at. Do what? I said here we are with it. Yep. All right. Well, let's let's move on to our final group here, the the secondary. And I think we have the answer to who is the first cornerback taken in this draft. And hey. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be Denzel Ward. Who would have thought that? Oh my goodness. He just oh. went out there and just dominated this this combine. Ran a four three two tied for the the top forty time in all of the the combine this year. So very very impressive. Showed up well in the other drills. Showed well with on the uh, the drills where he's asked to flip his hips. Just looked very natural for the position. Looked like he was very prepared for this event. I just can't see how he's not going to be the first quarterback taken unless he just doesn't fit what the team likes to do. But, and then on the opposite side of that was the guy that I thought he was competing for, for that first cornerback spot. And that's Josh Jackson. I know I'm picking on your Iowa boys today. Hey man, well, that's about very smart kids with instincts. We constantly bring in not the best athletes and make them the best they can be. I guess, yeah, I, I guess that's the, the case because he just didn't he didn't look fluid in his drills. His 40 time was very, I guess you'd say average. I don't even know if you'd call it average. And that was well, one of the questions coming in. That was one of the questions coming in was, how is he going to test in that? Because some people were questioning a little bit of his athleticism, and I just don't feel like he answered those questions very well at the combine. So not not his best showing. I still think he's going to be a high pick, obviously, but. I don't think he's going to be the first cornerback now for sure. He's going to be great in a cover three scheme, but if you're looking for a man corner, I don't think that's your guy. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to pound on my chest a little bit. I've been a big, big Denzel Ward cornerback one guy for a long time. He's cornerback one with a caveat. I think the most talented cornerback is Holton Hill from Texas, who also did pretty well overall. This combine event didn't have a great vertical jump, but He's 6'2", 200 pounds with, you know, 32-inch arm length. So not too worried about that. But, yeah, very impressed with Denzel Ward, and he should be a top 15 pick in this class. Other than that, I was pretty impressed with, I don't know, I think the cornerbacks were pretty solid. Isaiah Oliver, overall pretty good. Uh, not the best 40-yard dash at 4'5". You know, I wish he'd be like a 4'5", four, four but very long, very, very long. 33 and a half wingspan. He's got longer arms than Connor Williams. If that says anything. And then my biggest winner, honestly, Denzel Ward probably should be up there. But my biggest winner personally is Jair Alexander. I mean, that dude tested phenomenally. His three, didn't he break the three cone record? It's up there. I'm not sure. They, you, he tested yeah, you might be phenomenally. Right. So yeah, he was a great, great athlete. And if he can, if he can prove that he's healthy, he should probably be the second cornerback off the board, in my opinion. I've been high on him for a while, but don't don't pay too much temp, temp, or don't pay too much attention to his tape from last season. He was injured. His tape two years ago, whew, first round pick. As far as some easily. losers, yeah, easily, easily. As far as some losers, 
I thought that Michael Joseph from Dubuque struggled tremendously, not the best there. Oh, it was Jordan Thomas that broke the three-cone drill. That's who it was. He's quite an enigma. Very interesting player. Uh, Darius Phillips, I thought, would have tested better than he did. You know, you see small, and he ran a slow 40. So, again, same with Josie Jewell. If you're small and you run a bad 40, you're going to have a bad time at the next level. Dante Jackson ran fast, but, you know, the other issues with his tape. And I thought Isaac Yedem would test hopefully a little bit better. He, you know, 4-5-2-40 is solid, but not fantastic. And he's a guy that potentially the Broncos, if they bring a press corner late in the draft, he's somebody to definitely consider there. But I thought maybe if he tested well here with his size, he could have been maybe as early as round two cornerback, but I don't see the athletic traits there for that. As far as safeties go, big winner has to be Derwin James. There's some talk that they might move that kid to cornerback, and I don't think that's the best move for him. But you know what? If you do it, he has the athletic tools where he is going to be a matchup nightmare. Compares very favorably to Jalen Ramsey, Antonio Cromartie, and Jamie Smith as far as the, the huge guy with athletic tools. You know, doesn't have the, the traits for the cornerback right now, or the tools, but very, very, very interesting guy. And then my other big winner at the safety position, Justin Reed. Very great interview, smart kid, and then came out here and ran a 4-4 flat 40. Wow. He's going to have to improve his tackling, but Stanford kid played a lot of years, high-quality football, and I am a big fan, big fan of him overall. Another player I wanted to mention real quick that I thought needed to have a better combine than he did was Tavares McFadden. Oh, yeah. From Florida State. 4-7, 4-6-7, yep. Ugh. And for a press press corner, that's not what you want to hear. He showed up size-wise, 6'2", 198 pounds. That was fine. And had a decent vertical jump, 38.5 inches. Broad jump, 121 inches. So those were good. He didn't do any of the other de- drills. But that four six seven, that's okay. going to be at the very top of his chart for a lot of NFL teams. Can you trust this guy that if he gets beat, is he going to have the catch-up speed to – to do anything. And he had some struggles this past year with Florida state, his sophomore year, very impressive tape this last year, not so much. So I, he's going to have to have a pretty good pro day to really answer some questions. That's for sure. Absolutely. And Minka Fitzpatrick have to touch on him. He had a solid combine, but he's not the, the height, weight, speed freak that Derwin James is. I wouldn't be surprised if either went before the other, but both to me solidified themselves as, top 15 picks in this draft. So overall, pretty good, pretty good day, pretty good week of the combine. I would say that I was more impressed overall with the, the defensive talent than I thought I would be. Oh my gosh. We didn't touch on one of the biggest freaks of all. Who was that? Lorenzo Carter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I guess it's yeah. kind of hard because he's kind of that tweener guy of edge rusher off ball. I guess we, we kind of forgot which position to put him in, but but you're right. You're one of your favorites, one of your guys that you had hyped up going into the combine and ran a 4.540. Oh, my goodness. 4.540 at 250 pounds and then had a broad jump of 130 and a vertical jump of 36 and has arm length of 34 inches and a wingspan of 82. The, this kid is an absolute freak. And then, uh, gosh, we really we dropped the ball on edge rushers. Josh Sweat, another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. If he doesn't have those medical issues, he is a very, very early pick, in my opinion, potentially even a first-round pick. 
And he still might. If he checks out with everything, he might. But that's a guy that the Broncos are looking for edge rusher day two, and he checks out medically. I would love to get Josh Sweat. I think he corners well. He's got great, great length, and he looks like he's a freak athlete overall. Oh, sorry we forgot those two guys. Man, what kind of draft <laughs> podcast are we running here? I know. I know. We're trying to keep it under time. That's yeah. that's our, our thing here, and we're not uh, we're not good at that, so we no. we cut other places. But, no, it was – yeah, there, there's a lot of great athletes at this combine. Really showed well for kind of a – showed the depth of this this group. I think that's – we've talked about that in the past. There's not a whole lot of, like, top-end talent like that top five, oh, they are for sure top five talent. But, man, the depth of this draft, that's that's the great thing for the Broncos, and that's the great thing, especially having, what, five picks in the top, 103 picks or something like that? Yeah, I believe so. It's, it's high. We have a lot. <laughs> so it's it's good news, but everything everything revolves around the quarterback. So the biggest positive, I guess, from the Combine – there are multiple viable options at the quarterback position, and the Broncos have the assets and an early pick to potentially get it done. And it sounds like teams at two and three are willing to trade down. Biggest negative, this tackle class compared, and when you look into it, considering the free agent group as well, holy yikes. I do not know if right tackle is going to be solved this season. It's, it could be a rough one again. What about you? Biggest takeaway, positive and negative? The positive is... I guess the the rest of the offense, since that's what the Broncos are needing, is that insurgence of young talent on the offense. I think there's a lot of talent, like you said, in the interior offensive line, quarterback, running back, wide receiver has some not top top talent, but we're not really we got DT. We don't need a number one wide receiver. We need that number two, number three kind of guy. And there's there's a decent number of those guys in this draft. Line, uh, tight end, I thought they showed better than I thought they would. And so maybe you get that second weapon at the tight end position. But again, there's just some decent options for the offense. And like you said, the defense showed better than I thought they would. So especially at positions where the Broncos have need some help, that off-ball linebacker spot, that's great. The fact that the Broncos have some depth at positions of need other than tackle is is big plus for them heading into this draft. If they get a couple questions answered, especially in free agency, that helps all the more to, to really be able to nail down who they're going to go after. Biggest negative beyond the tackle position, I guess it's maybe just the, the uncertainty of the quarterback position still. I know it's, it's just I'm, I'm getting impatient. We've talked about it for three. Now we're closing in on three seasons of who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Broncos. And I just I want that question answered as soon as possible. And I just don't know when we're going to get that answer. Well, absolutely. It was a good combine. Thank you, everybody who followed along my lives, whether it be the interviews or just give me giving my thoughts and all the articles I wrote. Man, I feel like I, I wrote at least like two and a half articles a day. So it was a, it was a busy time, but a lot of fun. And maybe next year I can get a, get a partner out there. I know there's financial considerations that come with that, but to get everything done that I'd like to have get done, it would, it's impossible to do by yourself. So we'll see, but we're growing and learning and getting better there. But that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Huddle Up 2018 NFL Draft Podcast. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dumbler, at Carl Dumbler MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you head on over to Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of scout.com and CBS Sports Digital. Over there you can find ours and our co-writers content, not just related to the NFL Draft, but all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos. 
We are very active on Twitter, and if you have any thoughts on the podcast or any of our opinions on there, make sure you add us. I think we're overall pretty friendly guys, and we won't we won't bite your head off unless you tell me that Josh Rosen's not QB1. Then we're fighting. Or if you mock Josh Allen to the Broncos, then we might be fighting as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> going to be – those are fighting words. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> we'll see what happens. He definitely rose the stock of the combine, though, so we'll see. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing to us on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher, as well as check us out on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with you guys. For Carl Dummler, I'm Nick Kendall wrapping up another episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week. Go Broncos and go draft. Mile High Huddle.